Being a child is usually a pretty easy-going time of life. You have many enjoyable experiences, but sometimes being small presents rather overwhelming problems. And that's our story tonight on... Louise It to Beaver. Starring Louise Gasman and John Richardson as the co-host. Hey, hey, boys and girls and everything in between. You're listening to Louise It to Beaver. I'm Louise. And I'm the co-host, John, and I have a Hoda Kotb-sized glass of wine. I'm ready. Uh, oh, <laughs> <laughs> in the best kind of way to uh, but it, but it's it is in our world the pm so totally cool what are yes, you sipping on over there louise it's a seltzer with a stainless steel straw because it's new and exciting so if it ting tings against my glass sorry That's about that it is. i care about mother earth yeah, well, this is not a show about beverages. If you want a show about beverages, listen to Totally <laughs> Beverages and Sometimes Hot Sauce, plug for a great podcast. This is a show about Leave it to Beaver. That's right. Specifically, this show is about season one, episode 16. Yes, it is. Uh, very appropriately titled Lumpy Rutherford. Mm. Okay, before we dig into it, uh, I just want to... Go over a few things. Okay. This this is a podcast that's about Leave It to Beaver. Louise and I had never seen Leave It to Beaver, and we still uh, have never seen it. Well, just well we've up seen until this point. We've seen this many episodes, and we're looking at it through a 2018 lens, through fresh mm-hmm. eyes. Uh, we are the around the ages that like June and Ward were or would have been around this time approximately yeah i don't know um it feels weird it does it feel weird yes i feel like in my heart i'm absolutely a wally and a beef like how could i be june (laughs) well that's that's the thing is that times have changed so i also you can follow along uh on louisa to beaver.com you can see uh kind of like frames from the episode moments that we talk about so if you want to listen while kind of peeking through there you can kind of see the moments that we're talking about um and i'm gonna i'm gonna try to figure out how we want to do this because we don't have a facebook page for louisa to beaver but i feel like it would be appropriate for us to do a facebook live of a recording of Louisa to Beaver while Louise and I are actually together in person recording a month from now. Guys, it's going to be so swell. It's going to be super swell. Louise and I do this over Skype and we've never done this while sitting in the same room together. We will also do live stuff for um, our other podcast. I have a great idea, but I'll never do it. We'll do a Facebook live for that on our I have a great idea, but I'll never do it Facebook page. So maybe we'll just do the Louisa to Beaver one there. It's like a fun interactive scavenger hunt for your classic sitcom needs. Yeah. I. Let's see. Is there anything that we want to talk about that's not specific to this episode first? 
Um, I guess a shout out to any new listeners, anybody who's maybe in the Leave It to Beaver uh, fan club on Facebook. A bunch of interesting characters over there. Mm -hmm. I certainly enjoy everybody's chit chat. Everyone has their crazy theories about where Mayfield is. Um, and oh, a lot of people get very mad. And a lot of people get yes. very mad about that. And I just like to sit back and watch. Somebody posted on there, and I, this is a family friendly podcast, so I'm not going to uh, swear. I mean, what would the beef think? That's all I'm saying. But somebody posted in there recently. It was like, what do y'all think of Petticoat Junction? I just wanted to respond just like, F Petticoat Junction. (laughs) (laughs) Just like really start some stuff over there. (laughs) You're Um, on the wrong page, my friend. Yeah, this is what I think. It's no leave it to beaver. Um, So, yeah. Episode 16, Lumpy Rutherford. An introduction. Okay. This is the introduction to a what, what I imagine is a major character. There is a book by the actor who played Lumpy Rutherford. I didn't even look up to see what else he's done. Uh, called like Call Me Lumpy. That's all about Whoa. being Lumpy Rutherford. No way. Yeah, I'm actually looking him up right now. Um, let's see. Leave it to Beaver, and then we'll go to this episode and Lumpy Rutherford. Okay, Lumpy Rutherford was played by Frank Bank. Frank Bank, isn't Love that a it. fun name? Um, sure okay. is. What was the original air date? The original air date for this episode was January twenty fourth, nineteen fifty eight. What were you? Whoa. What would you have been doing on January twenty fourth, nineteen fifty eight? Had you been around? Had I been around in the place I grew up, or in in Mayfield? In the place where you grew up. Oh, okay. So if I would have been around, I probably would have been working at an ice cream shop or a seed and feed factory, okay. or uh, like uh, doing some boating or some chopping wood or something i i'm i'm trying shopping at woolworth's down the street for getting some saltwater taffy i don't even know if i was around oh i changed my mind i would absolutely be sledding <laughs> see it's interesting that you say i, I came s- back to january and i yeah. was like nope yeah. i'm not outside january working 24th. i'm sledding yep. yeah yeah i probably would be sledding too um in the town where i grew up there's a park that was like pretty close to my house it seemed like it took forever to get there when you're a child walking through the snow Mm -hmm. dragging a sled but like just a few blocks away um yeah i would totally be sledding there was this really 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 amazing hill next to a cemetery on a church property next to my uncle mark's house and if you went all the way to the bottom chances were you were probably gonna sled right into traffic but a better traffic than was, a cemetery or cemetery is the next you, stop. You you could hit a, a headstone or a moving vehicle, but it was a great sledding hill. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, here is some trivia about Frank Bank. Born in a hospital corridor during an air raid drill. 
1942. Yeah. Uh, has been a successful stockbroker since 1973. Typecasting as Lumpy Rutherford on Leave it to Beaver forced him out of the business, still attends nostalgia conventions. Wow. Yeah. His memoir, Call Me Lumpy, published in 1997, described his 1960s perpetual sex fest in which he admits to having slept with over 1,000 women. Frank, wow. I... I'm shocked. <laughs> um, played Archie Andrews in Life with Archie, 1962, a 1962 pilot for a TV series based on the Archie comic books. Wow. Um, profiled in the in the sorry 2016 book X Child Stars. Where are they now? By Kathy Garver and Fred Asher. There's a couple other things, but nobody cares about him being left-handed. <laughs> um, notable. Credits include, obviously, Leave it to Beaver, the new Leave it to Beaver, which is the series that lasted for, it was in 101 episodes, and he was in the TV movie from 1983 called Still the Beaver. Um, Prior to Leave it to Beaver, he did, like, an episode of Father Knows Best. Uh, That's, I mean, like, pretty much it. Uh, He also appeared in the 1997 film Leave it to Beaver as Frank co-starring our mutual acquaintance Adam Zolotin. No way. So that's something. That's something for that you. That is something. Yeah. So I uh, let's talk Oh, he passed away in 2013 at age 71, so young. Oh, I was going to be like full life. Huh. 71? People in my family die really young. Oh, I hope that's not true from here from here on. <laughs> well, I mean, most people, I mean, I don't know. It's fine. I'm I'm healthy, I'm young, I'm enthusiastic. I I just Oh, anyway, it's a privilege that not many get and I should start to embrace being around till I'm three digits. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I know. Uh, So we start off with our typical, um, our Hugh Beaumont soliloquy, which this, I mean, was not at all about Ward or being a parent, which is something that we come. Oh, no, 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 no. We got to do TV Guide versus John and Louise. Oh, okay. Um, Taking it back a step. Okay, wait. TV Guide says of this episode... Ward offers Beaver and Wally tips on handling the town bully. Did Hugh Beaumont write that? I feel like he probably did. Okay. I mean, Louise said of this episode, (laughs) a big dumb kid picks on the boys on their way home from school. The boys get some bum advice from their father. June is unimpressed. And the moral is when you can't beat them, just don't be them. (laughs) <laughs> yours yours are lengthy but enjoyable <laughs> mine was the beaver and wally get back at a bully but they learn a valuable lesson about becoming bullies themselves nice did you by chance do a ward's world i did do a ward's world one? okay cool me too What's it looks yours? like tv guy did also 
<laughs> By the way, so World, wor- blah, Words World is where we give the synopsis that Hugh Beaumont would give for the episode because he seems to think that this show is about Ward and his mm-hmm. children. So what's it's your true. Ward's World? My Ward's World, excellent, is I know... I'll tell my bullied sons a hilarious story about my youth and what a scoundrel I used to be. Nothing could go wrong. Also, South America is so boring. (laughs) Uh, That's hilarious. Um, And also in first person. Interesting. It's Word's World. (laughs) Okay, so should I transfer mine into first person? (laughs) No, you don't have to. Okay. My words, words, world, party time, excellent, is Ward tells his kids about a childhood prank he pulled and learns a valuable lesson when they emulate their father's dark past. <laughs> Giving I so much depth wait. to his character. Oh my God. So, yeah, so we start with his He's little soliloquy. A... I know. This, <sighs> he, he had his moments in this episode where he made me crazy but then redeemed himself. Right, right. And I feel like the the his demon got transferred to Fred. Okay. You know what I mean? I mean No. Okay. I was trying to think and the well, only thing I can think of is in the driveway. In the driveway? Oh, no. So, okay. Okay, okay. uh, Have you ever watched Twin Peaks? No. Okay. So, in Twin Peaks, uh, going off into a little bit of a tangent here, uh, there is this spirit. Uh, It's really hard to describe, so I will just keep it very simple and call it kind of a demon called Bob. And it's it its physical form is really this this guy with uh kind of stringy gray hair who wears like a denim jacket and he's just kind of really evil looking and uh he kind of just takes over he possesses people's bodies and they have like somewhat control but he's really pulling the strings and Bob transfers can transfer between people. It typically happens when, like, the fir- the host dies, but I feel like, you know, Bob could really move from one to a- one to another. Uh, people out there who are Twin Peaks fans may have difference- differences of opinion on, on the ki- this character, but for the sake of example of what I'm talking about, I feel like that's a good way of kind of wrapping it all up. So I feel okay. like Ward has this... Bob, this demon that makes him an awful mean husband and father sometimes because as we know he has alluded to having beaten his children well yeah he hasn't in a while but it has happened in the past and can i interrupt our flow for one second sure i feel like bob is such a weird mundane i know or like name for this like phenomenon have you heard of steve no Okay, so I was reading an article recently and it's like this unexplained purple phenomenon that they can't figure out um, 
it's like a purple aurora borealis, but they don't know why it happens or when it happens. But like, that's kind of what it is. And Hmm. they have named it Steve. Weird. This phenomenon. So they're like, and when Steve happens, like, (laughs) it's so crazy. I'm going to find the article and send it to you. Okay, tangent over. Back to leave it to Beaver. Right. So I feel like Ward has like a demon living in him that controls him during the times when he beats his children and belittles his wife. Yeah. All right. That's so, how I have to feel about that. So anyway, moving on to the actual episode, Ward is kind of giving a thing about, it's essentially talking about how it's tough to be small, which isn't mm-hmm. really what this is about. Right. Yeah. Um, the shots that we see are the boys fishing, which I imagine is from the episode where, um, is it brotherly love? Brotherly love. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So it's a shot from brotherly love. Then there's a shot of just the boys bike, like sharing a bicycle and pulling into the driveway, which I did not recognize and that have yet to see. And then the third shot is, uh, somebody who we learn is lumpy. I picking on them by showing his fist to them oh my god in that moment is priceless Woof. in the episode oh my goodness gracious me so we start so this we episode open the episode in the kitchen who's I'm not starting there to feel like ward is not there june is not there I either. always oh my gosh you're right. It's the boys. June shows up. Eating but breakfast. Like, they're eating breakfast. Yeah. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Because I feel like there has been a pattern broken out of 16 episodes only once before. I think just that last episode. Because most of. Right. Because most of the episodes start with like a weird throwaway scene with June and Ward. Right. This cuts right and to the mustard. One, yes. OK. So the boys are eating breakfast, wishing that it would rain <laughs> right. so that they don't Beaver, get bullied. Beaver says that he hopes it rains. And Wally's like, why is that? He's like, so that I did he say Lumpy's name? I don't I don't remember. I, but basically I don't remember. so that uh, Lumpy decides to stay home from school and not pick on them, which is such a weird logic. Well, also sugar melts. <laughs> that's always what i say when i have to go in the rain oh my god uh so um then yeah so we've established the fact that there's a bully that's that's picking on them and that they're trying to avoid him june comes in and is like you boys you're gonna be late you better hurry up and she's also oh in her first look whoa june's first look june's first, lo- first look it is a new outfit it is a Belted window pane plaid flannel sheath dress with tartan apron that we've seen before mm-hmm. with a big right front pocket, arm candy, stud earrings, and signature pearls. Nice. So mm-hmm. June comes in and she's like, you boys are going to be late. And she goes into this whole thing about how she made like the special lunch for Beaver and that she hopes like he better eat all of it. Now it's just like, all right, is that going to come back? I don't know. Probably not. Knowing Probably what not. I knowing that what this episode is called, I doubt it. Um 
Although, because it was Lumpy Rutherford and they're talking about being picked on, I was already wondering, like, oh, is there something about, like, Lumpy stealing their lunches? Like, why is she making a big deal of this? You know, part of me thought uh, they get picked on, but with a name like Lumpy, he probably has to get picked on, too. And there's going to be, like, an intervention moment where the boys stick up for Lumpy, who's being bullied more than they are. I don't know where I was thinking this, but in my notes, I was like looking ahead and I'm like hard right turn. (laughs) Well, I think that from where I thought it would go. I think that they made a mistake by titling this episode Lumpy Rutherford. And granted, back in 1958, I don't think that people knew episode titles. Right. Yeah. So especially when there wasn't a title card. Right. So in a circumstance like this, we are coming at it from a different perspective from people who are just right. watching this fresh. So, right. Right. A lot of hypothesizing, knowing that Lumpy Rutherford is the bully um, and also a Rutherford, which we will certainly talk about soon. So as June is getting Beaver kind of ready to go, she feels something in his pocket and he pulls out a lump of coal. Yes. And she was like, why do you have a lump of coal? And I was like, seconded. Where did you get a lump of coal? And then I thought in my head, lumpy. I get it. Oh, well, I was putting that together, too. I was like, is there something to do with the the fact that it's called lump? And then I was like, that's weird that it's called a lump of coal. I don't know. So he says, in case I have to hypothesize about being Christmas time. Right. And then I thought, oh, they're going to put it in his locker because he's like such a bad guy or or they're going to bully him or I don't know. We're going to talk a little bit about Christmas in a couple minutes, too. OK. FYI. I don't know if you know why you do. I do. I do. <laughs> so this struck uh, me. Oh, there's so there's so much. I'm so excited. I, Louise, I love this so much. so june's like why do you have this and he's like in case i have to throw it at someone and wally's like uh he didn't mean that he's joking like he's basically just kind of brushing off what beaver said being like no 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 um but yeah and then i noted i noted that he said a hunk of coal at lumpy like they had referred to it as a lump of coal but then Uh when he talked about it again he was like a hunk of coal and i was like is he a good looking guy (laughs) like is lumpy gonna is lumpy when we get to meet him gonna be like really suave well i wonder i wonder when the term hunk started being used for physical appearance because right. that seems like a very like 80s and 90s thing to me. Maybe even 70s. It's true. Mm. I don't know. So That's I, just where my brain went. Yeah, no, that's really interesting. I don't think I even caught that that happened. But I understand why they wouldn't want to grammatically or like syn- right. syntax wise say lump of coal at lumpy. Like it's weird that it was a right. lump of coal. Like, uh, you know, part of me wonders... Where did he get a lump of coal? But then the rest of me is just like, this is beaver cleaver we're talking about. Kids right. got I'm weird like, stuff. Waiting for him to go to meet a friend, like a cool friend that we haven't seen in a long time, like Gus, the auxiliary fireman. Right. Or, you know, I'm waiting for a friend. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so 
that scene ends. Yeah. Time passes, and now Ward's coming home from work. Oh, boy. Get ready to and roll your eyes, in. everybody. I know it. My first note is the Cleaver rev- residence after school. Ward is so dumb. <laughs> uh, I wrote, he comes in the front door. Yeah. What'd you write? Oh, I just wrote, Ward comes home, makes a big deal about being home. Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> this guy. This guy. Yeah, he he basically double takes himself coming home. Like, he comes home, he shuts the door, and he's like, I'm home. It's like, I'm home, Nothing. everybody. Crickets. And then, like, opens the door again to slam the door and is like, I'm home. You know, June comes in. Oh, hi. And he's like, what happened to the good old days when uh, no. your children used to run at you like a dog or whatever? I don't know. He didn't say that, but I Yeah, I he's rolls. like, jump all over you and go through your pockets looking for goodies. Oh, yeah. yeah. I didn't write that down, but you, yes. Yeah. He said so, that. And then, yeah, June's just like. Uh, times are different. It's it's really funny listening to her talk about how times are different from when like they were kids, because right. it's just like man, if June Cleaver would have only known what things would be like in 2018, <laughs> she would have been grabbing her, those pearls. Her head, yeah, she really would. And oh. yes, so then she says something. She's like, making the best of it. Yeah, she says something like smart and funny, and he's like, oh, that's how you speak to the breadwinner of the household? And then snappy June quip, how much bread did you bring home today? Yeah, she's like, what like, oh. what kind of bread did you win? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was just like, ugh, breadwinner, please. I know, but she in like her own June way was like, breadwinner, please, as well. Which... Yeah, I know, but it's like... If given the chance, June would be like a hotshot, like copywriter or designer or like something really cool. Like she'd have an awesome job and she'd make a ton of money if it were different times. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So basically. Then she starts going through his pockets and he's like, what are you doing? And she's like, looking for goodies. I know. But the the point of that scene, I think, was to establish the fact that the boys weren't home yet. Right. Which and, could have easily been, where are the boys? Not home yet. You know, but like from from the perspective of somebody writing an episode of television, to make it seem like a a real worthwhile scene... You got to throw in some like just generic like this is how they are slice of life conversation type of thing. Right, right, right. Um, But yeah, it's kind of like, all right, what's the point of this? Come on. I don't I didn't right. tune in for the ward and June happy hour or anything like that. So <laughs> uh, yeah, so they're they're talking about how the kids uh, it's their fourth time that week coming home late from school. And June mentioned something about how one of the days Wally said that they took a long cut home. And he was just like, well, it sounds about right. Our kids are giant weirdos. <laughs> I mean, with all the Beavs friends, with all not like school friends, but he's got if you've listened to other episodes or seen the first 16 in chronological order, then he's got a lot of friends about that he's yeah. talking to, that he's 
you know, checking in with. To have your kids come home from late when this is who they are, shenanigans style, like, I would not even think twice. Right. I'd be like, oh, they're probably out, like, making money doing something weird. Selling water. Selling water. uh, Selling admission to let people spit off of a bridge. Yeah. I mean, eh. Been weirder days. Uh, yeah, yeah, totally. It's like, oh, they're... I'd be weirded out if they were home early from school. Right. I'd be like, like why aren't you cro- up to no good? This is why not your you thing. Why aren't you giving crocodile tours? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, like, whatever. <laughs> I don't know. So, so uh, they're walking home. Next scene. Right. Yeah, they're walking home, and they're being, like, very sneaky. Mm-hmm. And wouldn't you know it, out comes old Lumpy Rutherford on his bicycle. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah, and Lumpy is essentially an adult child. He's yes. gigantic. Uh, let's see if he. Well, he was born in. Wait a second. Seriously, he's only sixteen years old. He was born in 1942. This came out in 1950, January 1958. So he's only 15. That's a big kid. Yeah. Well, also you got to think if the beef's like nine or ten, right? And but he just looks like, like a 13, well, 14. I guess the life expectancy is 71. So he's lived a pretty good life so far. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I mean, um, yeah, he's also like. Like you say, a a large kid. My favorite part of this is, well, not my favorite part of this, but one of my favorites is he goes, listen, you. (laughs) And the response is, yeah. (laughs) I got to I got to say, I was surprised when like Lumpy was talking like real mean at these kids and they were talking back. They were like, oh, yeah, this this guy whose fist is the size of Wally's face and he turns it in such an unintimidating oh, way when it's he's really like weird. showing him this fist. It's like swiveling on his wrist joint yeah. when he's showing them that he's going to punch him in the face. Um, also, if you're on foot yeah. and a different kid is on a bike, don't talk back. Yeah. They were they were talking back real good, and like Beaver was like really letting him have it. He's like dumpy, lumpy, you big old ape, and stuff like that. Just oh like, yeah! Wow, this kid's got some cojones. Mm-hmm. Like when I was in second grade, I was not aware of teenagers. I was He's just in second grade. Why did I feel like he was in fourth grade? Even when I was in fourth grade, I wasn't even aware of teenagers. Like, Right. Yeah. And you had teenage brothers. Well, let's see. When I was, let's see, how old are you? Yeah, I guess when I was in fourth grade, my brother Dan was like pretty, well, five or six years. So yeah, he was like 15, 16. Lumpy's age. Yeah, Lumpy's age. So um, let's see. Yeah, they're going home. They're talking back. Uh, we find out that Lumpy's real name is Clarence because after uh, Wally and Beaver run off, Fred Rutherford comes out. Fred Rutherford, who works with Ward, um, mm-hmm. possibly his boss, not sure. Not sure. Historically, has been a real jerk to Ward. Yeah. 
Yeah, which is interesting. I also wonder, do they have to pass Rancho Rutherford in order to Rancho get home? Rutherford. Because <laughs> where are you that your dad comes out of nowhere? They have to be so close to his house. Well, oh yeah, they've got to be like right in front of the house. So you have to think that they could just go like one block over maybe. Right. Just or by default. Did did you ever walk home from school? Is that oh, yeah. something you did? Oh yeah. Okay, me too. And guess which way I often took? Backyards. Did you really? Yeah. You were like Ferris Bueller running through people's backyards. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, so like my neighborhood growing up when I was in grade school was like a cul-de-sac and it it like be, it wasn't when we moved in it became one. And there were backyards where people had animals and you'd like stop and talk to Becky's rabbits and then you'd like, you know, stop and talk to like you know whatever the next door neighbor's dog and you it's it was just part of it huh so if you went in the front yard on the sidewalks or whatever then you didn't get to hang out with them <laughs> like why don't these kids walk that's, through the backyard is that's what I'm really saying. interesting well you grew up in an area that was I mean, if you're going to classify it more rural than suburban, like if we're looking at Mayfield, it was larger properties or like larger yards, houses that weren't yeah. so close together. Um, I mean, I've never been to where you live. I'm just going by what you've described in the past. Right. But uh, I mean, like growing up fields, the, well, growing yeah, you cut up through a field. And then you'd be in someone's backyard. See, well, you were yeah. cutting through fields. That's the thing. <laughs> is like in Iowa, there are fields to cut through. Right. Where I grew up in New Jersey, the school was like, you know, down the street. And uh, the only way to really get home is to just walk down the rest of the street. I, when I guess, I was, too, like maybe people in New Jersey would fence in their backyards. Um, yeah. Rare, rarely was oh, there yeah. a fenced-in backyard. Uh, you, had, you had a fence if you had a pool because oh, you didn't want somebody to stumble into your pool and got like, drown. Of Otherwise, like, I don't recall Even, people's well, yards being fenced in. Where I grew up also when I was in junior high, uh, the way to get there was actually, uh, you know, going through some streets and stuff, but also... There would be these paths that would sometimes go between houses and they were like paved path pathways meant for like walking or bicycles or whatever. And like they weren't part of the people's property. I think that they were city property or something. Yeah, but like they were right up against people's like fences or shrubs or whatever. And then there would be like a little footpath going over a little creek. And then, um, yeah. That's very Mayfield. It is very Mayfield. Actually, like you have to come by when I'm when I'm out there and I will take you for a walk through like to my old junior (laughs) high Uh, because I feel like in a lot of ways it probably was like Mayfield. 
but like this, you know, a lot of people's houses, you know, yards are fenced in. But anyway, we're going off on like a really weird tangent here. Sorry. Yeah. Um, so anyway, so uh, Fred Rutherford comes out and it's just like, oh, Clarence. Um, it, I, I don't remember exactly what he says, but he eventually says, well, why don't you come inside? Mother has some eggnog for you. And I, that's when I wonder, when is it? It is beautiful. It is beautiful outside. No one's wearing a jacket. Birds are chirping. Birds are literally chirping. Yes. Like, and also, where are you getting it? This is a seasonal beverage. Yeah. Where are you getting it? It was such an odd choice. Why are you having it? I mean, have you ever had it? Have I ever had eggnog? Uh huh. Well, yeah. Do you, but, I mean? But only I, it's like Christmas time, right? It is never something that I'm like, oh, you know what? I wish I had some eggnog. <laughs> like I never in my life ever have ever thought, you know, what would make this better? Eggnog, like ever. Well, you know, I also get the impression. First of all, it's 1958. They're not buying it at the store. They're making it from scratch. Throwing that out okay. there. Also, Fair okay. But also, like, the Rutherford family is super weird. Okay. So part of me is like, yeah, I could totally see the Rutherfords just always having eggnog on hand. It's like the most normal one is Violet. I miss Violet. Violet Rutherford. She's great. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And I just don't want to also, like, gloss over the weirdest part for me. Uh Uh-huh. Is then Lumpy says, yes, daddy. Oh, he says, yes, daddy. What? What I also wonder is, like, let's say he is right outside of his house, which we have to imagine because Fred Rutherford is just, like, right there. Why does he come out on his bike? Yeah. I don't know. Just so many, so many questions. Yeah. Uh, So then we move on to... Beaver and Wally sitting in the rooms, real cool. The way real that they're cool. sitting on those chairs is awesome. They're so awesome. They're just so cool. And they're doing their homework. And they're they're musing. Yeah. They're just chit-chatting away. Yeah. <laughs> About uh, like how they'd like to fix them. Oh yeah, totally. Yeah, so they're uh they're just kind of doing their thing when Ward walks in. Mm-hmm. And uh, wants to know why they're getting home late. And they finally come clean that someone's been picking on them on their way home from right. school. Doesn't specify who it is. Just mentions that someone's been picking on them. Uh, Ward offers to do something about it. And they decline. Yeah, it's not cool when your dad has to step in for you. Yeah. Like, that makes you even less cool than getting picked on by the bully. Right. So, I will say this. That first scene with Ward when he comes home, that that dude is a bad dude. For the rest of the episode, he's a pretty good dude. I mean, except when he's a whiny baby about South Africa. Or, I'm sorry, South America. Is he a whiny baby about South America? Yes. 
we'll we'll get to that. I'm, we'll maybe get I'm remembering there. it differently. Um, okay. So Ward starts to like kind of giggle to himself, and Ugh. the boys are just like, "What? What's going on?" And he was and he what fi- is so funny? Yeah, and he finally just starts telling him about this time when he set somebody straight. And he's telling the story. And I'm just like, you're a bully. You were a big yeah. time bully. Um, but basically, Although I will say I do like it when there's jokes that are so funny that you can't get through them. Have you heard Tignataro tell the story about how her mother-in-law was trying to tell some weird story, and so she called her up on stage during a show? I don't at Largo, know this. I think. All right. The the punchline of the story is she just can't get the the joke out because she's like <laughs> laughing so hysterically. And Tignataro's like, "No, we'll we'll wait. Like get through it. Like get through it." And she just can't tell the joke because she's cracking herself up so much. It's the most delightful thing to like listen to. And then when Ward was doing it, I was like, "Ugh. Not as good." No, not at all. <laughs> Cuz he's not Tignataro. Sorry. Right. Uh, also, if you, I don't know if you've seen her latest special that's, I think, on Netflix, but she does something pretty incredible okay. uh, with the Indigo Girls. Oh. Okay, I might yeah. not sleep tonight. <laughs> so Ward I'll tells his hilarious story about oh how God, he so allegedly got back at an alleged bully. But basically, what happened was he got a bunch of barrel hoops which i'm like huh because <laughs> i've never because you're a city kid because i'm i'm a suburb city kid but i've never yeah. even thought about what a barrel hoop would be and i thought about it and i was like i guess it's that metal ring that you see on a barrel yeah. but i've never i've never put together a barrel nor have i even thought about somebody actually putting a barrel together but it has to happen so we used to have these paddles uh-huh. and you used to hit the barrel hoops with them to see like how long you could keep it like rolling. So you have a history with barrel hoops. I mean, I guess not really a history, just regular. That's not regular. <laughs> <laughs> just regular. <laughs> <laughs> so he's talking about these barrel hoops and how he set them in someone's like the pathway outside of somebody's house and... Uh, called them outside and he's like laughing as he's saying how like he like the kid like messed up his elbow and his nose was all bloody and i was like you're a monster yes yeah so So then yeah so cut to but like so like june's just been like in the doorway listening hanging out and i sent you the screen grab Uh, of this moment and it's called p is for pennant Plaid, poor parenting, and pissed. And pissed. So is this a new June look? It's the same. She just took the apron off. Right. Got it. It would be. Well, you never know. She does wardrobe changes when you least expect it. It's true. Yeah. So. She is unimpressed. Yeah. She's pissed off and she's just like, why would you go ahead and tell them something like that? Well, first she says, uh, ward. Your coffee's ready. Oh, yeah. And he's like, yeah, yeah, I already had a cup. And she says, I poured you another one. This episode is very late in the day coffee heavy. 
going to throw that out there. (laughs) But Uh, he's like, oh, 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 and like stumbles over himself to like leave the boys room. Come to think of it. In the same day. This episode pretty much all takes place the same day. Yes. So how many Other cups than of coffee? The beginning, at the beginning, and then the, the second scene because he's like, "That's the fourth time this week." But then uh, the rest of it. No, because the beginning is them getting ready to go in the morning. Later that day is when that's they right. Counter Lumpy. This is all the same day. The same day. Interesting. Interesting. How many cups of coffee is Ward having this day? He's like Jerry Seinfeld. Jeez, yeah, seriously, he's going to hop into his car and yuck it up with, I don't know what comedians were active, some, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Guzzle down that coffee, Ward. Yeah. So, so then the next scene. Yeah. The next scene. Is at Rancho Rutherford. Yeah. It's at Rancho R- Rutherford. <laughs> They're at Rancho Rutherford, and sure enough, they have a bunch of barrel hoops where did they get all these barrel hoops? Where did they get them? And for free? Question That's mark. another thing I was wondering. Where it's like, we know that these boys can make money. We know that they know how to make money. But where did they go to like buy this stuff in the evening? Anyway, it's dark out. Or they thought, like, let's go borrow it and then we'll bring it back? I don't... Anyway... Clearly not an important detail, but they have set out a bunch of barrel hoops in the driveway of Rancho Rutherford, which, by the way, we call it Rancho Rutherford. What was the name of the episode with Violet, like the black eye? The black eye. Yeah. So uh, either watch the episode The Black Eye or listen to our episode about The Black Eye. If you want to watch it, go to archive.org and type in Leave It to Beaver. You'll find everything. Uh, but basically, on the outside of the Rutherford's house, it says Rancho Rutherford. I think it's on the mailbox, maybe. Yeah, I think so. It's like, anyway, henceforth be known as Rancho Rutherford. I love it. So, um, yeah, so they have all of the barrel hoops set out in front of the, like, in the driveway. And they start calling out Lumpy's name and in insults mm-hmm. to try to get him to come out. And this is meathead, lumpy, dumpy, dumpy, lumpy, you big ape. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and this is when we meet Fred Rutherford's wife, Geraldine. Yeah. Uh, so they're sitting in the kitchen and they hear what's going on. And they're just like, there's someone out there. And then they I forget what they um. I think like Wally calls like some insult out and she was like, I think they're calling for you, Fred. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Which I was they're like, They're calling Sick burn. and they can sort of hear him and, and, and he goes, oh, must be for Clarence. Oh, yeah. And, and then she's like, no, it could be you. <laughs> That's a pretty sick burn and I love it. And yeah, me too. It, it made me very happy that uh, we're first meeting this woman and she's sassing her husband like pretty hard Mm -hmm. so uh fred comes out and he gets majorly messed up by these barrel hoops oh it's 
you know, classic TV comedy, Pratt falling, like, at its finest. Oh, yeah. There's even a moment where he's picking himself up and she's helping him back into the house and he, like, hits that final one. Yeah. Like, after he's already, like, stood up. So, I'm going to go ahead and say, I'm not a particularly suave person. I've certainly been known to be clumsy from time to time. But I feel like if I stepped on a barrel hoop and the other end came and hit me in the leg, I feel like I'd just stop. Yeah. It has a very, like, mouse traps in a cartoon quality about it. Yeah, it's just a giant mess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he really gets super messed up. So uh, then, we- and the boys feel bad. Oh, for sure, and they just run they off. They feel bad. Yeah. yeah. So Sorry, taking a sip of back wine there. The- That's all right. <laughs> back at uh, the Cleaver residence. Yeah. Now these scenes, these next few scenes, just go bounce back and forth right. between the boys in the bedroom and then the parents in the living room. Um. So I sort of squished it all together and just said that they were there. But Ward and June are preparing. They're setting up a tiny little table. Yep. Card table for some evening guests. Right. And uh, so June just says like, oh, I'm going to give the boys dinner early tonight. And first I was just like, are you setting up a tiny table for them to eat dinner at? And I mean, like I (laughs) saw it and I was like, it's a card table. So I imagine that they're going to be playing cards, but I can't say for sure. Well, also, Ward is the most, like, he can't shuffle. Oh. Like, he's trying (laughs) to do whatever tricks, but just shuffle. He's just making a mess. Yeah, Um, he's a big doof. So now we go to the the boys boys upstairs. They're so nervous. Oh, they're like peeping out the window. Every car that drives by, they're like, is that a police car? Right. Oh, yeah. They think that they are going to uh, like get Mo. They are in yeah. such bad trouble. <laughs> yeah. And they say, I'm not going to go near Mr. Rutherford for a hundred years. Foreshadow. Right. Classic sitcom setup. Oh, totally. Then we find out that Ward and June are setting up the card table so that they can have fun with their friends, the Rutherfords. Because mm-hmm. Geraldine called and said, there's going to be late. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because something happened with, with Fred. But I'm thinking, I thought that Ward hated Fred Rutherford. So did I. Well, then I wrote next, uh, Fred fell down, chuckle, chuckle, oh, chuckle, yeah. scheidenfreude. Like, <laughs> yeah. he, he does not like Fred. No, no, not at all. So then the next scene, uh, they're back up in the boys' room. Yeah. The boys are. And Beeb's like, gee, Wally, like, I think my stomach is scared, too. I hardly ate any dinner. Oh, yeah. And um, Wally suggests that if Mr. Rutherford recognized them, that they'd already be in trouble. Right. And so the Beeb then says... That maybe the reason that they're not in trouble yet is because the police are still checking the hoops for fingerprints. For fingerprints. Yeah, and I'm thinking like... How cute is he? Yeah, I'm thinking, does Beaver think that they have his tiny little fingerprints on file? (laughs) I mean, yeah, they probably do. (laughs) 
The bees, I mean, for sure. Well, Beaver's fingerprints are all over that town. So, like, <laughs> right. if they found his fingerprints on barrel hoops, he'd be like, oh, that's probably from, like, last week when I was collecting barrel hoops and selling them for, right. you know. <laughs> right. Uh, so... Then, then they keep talking. Yeah. And they're like, I mean, even if they do find out it's somebody, there's like 20 guys that probably want to get even with Lumpy. Oh, yeah. So, you know, let's not assume that they think it's them. And as long as they stay away from Fred, right. everything will be fine. Cue the Rutherfords. Sure. So the Rutherfords, we go back down to Ward in June, and the Rutherfords are on their way ward is like man they sure are late i wonder if they're really gonna come and of course june had already talked to them and it's just like oh yeah they're they're on their way oh yeah and this is where whiny baby ward says oh man every time they come over they talk about their trip to south america it's like he's on a first name basis with every mountain in peru and i was like learn something like listen God, I'm just like well, over this homebody. Okay, so in Ward's defense, and I can't believe I'm even saying that. In Ward's defense, in, in Ward's defense, it seems as if Fred Rutherford has a history of being really obnoxious about some South American trips because the way that he acts about his South American trips coming up like if that's if that's a continuation of conversations he's already had about this then i can totally understand where Ward's coming from i mean i can too i just hate to say it so i just would rather point out his flaws because it feels better okay fair enough <laughs> <laughs> so then the boys uh oh, we're back in the boys room yeah they're so so worried about being sent to reform school yeah and Wally says that he'll probably go, but the Beeve's way too young. And the Beeve then says, do they have kindergarten reform school? And I was like, isn't he in fourth grade? <laughs> Why not- is he asking about kindergarten? Yeah, that was kind of weird. But then it, he asks Wally, should we do our homework first or play checkers first? And so Wally cute. And Wally goes... Let's play checkers first in case we don't have a chance. Like if we get like busted before we get our chance to play checkers. Right. I loved that. So cute. And I think there's also a moment where then Beeve says like, I'm glad we had dinner by ourselves because dad always knows when something's up. And Wally's like, and it's really tough when there's more than one thing (laughs) that's up because then you have to guess which one he's thinking about. And the beef does this really amazing face yeah. impersonation of Ward where he's like Did you do a screen grab of that one? I certainly did. Okay, good. Because it's classic. Louise at um, check it out. So yeah, that's really great. And part of me wonders like to for whomever wrote this, to be able to kind of tap into the mind of a child thinking it's hard to it's I hate when he gets mad at us because sometimes I don't know which thing he's mad at us about. I'm yeah. just like, yeah, that's what it's yeah. like to be a kid. Mm-hmm. Right. Because you just incriminate yourself all the time. I know. 
Because it could be something um, that happened like five episodes ago that he's just finding out about, too. Right, right. <laughs> so then, um, you know, Ward, June and Ward say something like, when the Rutherfords come over, the boys should come down and say goodnight or something. And so they pop up and say, or Ward does and yeah. says, when you put on your pajamas, um, come down and say goodnight to the Rutherfords. And uh, then they have this cute interaction about like, what if they lose their pajamas? Then yeah, they can't Beaver's, go down. Beaver's plan is that they claim that they have lost their pajamas so that they are unable to go say hello. Because in his right, mind, right. part of the deal is them being in pajamas. That's the first step. <laughs> yeah. Which, cute. Yeah, totally cute. So basically, they're just grasping at straws here. Uh, of course. And then the next scene. Oh, I also took a screen grab of the card game because, first of all, as you say, it's the tiniest table in the whole it's world. It's so but tiny. You would never sit at it the way that TV makes you sit at a table. Oh, yeah, where it's only on where two it's sides. It's like a horseshoe. Yeah. It's a horseshoe so that we can see into the table. Right. But anyway. So, uh,. My first thing that I wrote here is Fred sucks. So, <laughs> uh, he co- they come in and he starts saying like, "Oh, I should show you the color slides I have from our trip to South America," and he's and then he's like, "Geraldine, uh, did I did I leave the slides in the car?" And she's like, "No, you left them at home." And then he had the gall. To say, yeah. you shouldn't have let me leave those slides at home. Right. This is when I'm I like, wrote, the demon has transferred to yeah, Fred. Yeah, and I wrote, wrote, give it a rest, Fred. Because <laughs> Geraldine, sh- I don't know if you saw this, it's so small. She shoots June a look. Like, oh, I did, did you she? a favor. I, yes, oh, I didn't remind nice. him about the slides. It's like a really cool... It's it, it could have been a nothing moment, and it was so poignant. And that's acting right props. there. Love um, it. So, just just briefly, uh, I want to go over uh, a little bit about uh, Helen Parrish, who played um, Geraldine. Um, she was in. Sorry, I'm just kind of like running through her credits here. She did, like, one episode of a lot of shows. Um, let's see. Racket Squad. Stars Over Hollywood. The Wolf Hunters. She's in She's in a bunch of movies. Hourglass. The Mystery of the 13th Guest. Stage Door Canteen. Cinderella Swings It. Uh, the only trivia that IMDb has about her is that... Um, oh, wait. No, no, no. On her page, there's some, like, just stuff about kind of her family. But uh, on the Leave it to Beaver episode page, it just says that she passed away one year after this episode aired. So, oh. So this is actually one of her last credits. So, bummer. Wow. Because she was pretty good. I liked her. I liked her, too. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, she gets like all of Fred's animosity about forgetting the slides, which is so annoying. And then he's saying, then they're talking about what happened, why they're late. And he said that he was jumped by hoodlums outside of his oh, house. Oh yeah. He starts to make this a really big deal. Oh yeah. 
So, um... And he has, like, a little Band-Aid cut on his forehead. It's the smallest Band-Aid. It's like an R. Kelly Band-Aid. It's just like, (laughs) what is happening? What could that possibly be helping? I don't... I... I really couldn't say. <laughs> uh, and I don't know if this is during this segment or the next one. Oh, no, no, no. It's the next one. So I'll, we'll just move on to we go back up to the boys and they're wearing their pajamas. Being all adorable. Are they pacing? They're just, are like, they like super nervous. S- I don't right. think they were pacing. Were they, were they pacing? I feel like there was a moment where they kind of were pacing and then the something happens maybe a car goes by or something and and the beeve has to say like I'll look out the window and you think of what to do or did that already happen oh i guess it must have already happened okay then then maybe they're not pacing this time maybe they're but you're right. cool there, back in the chairs again there was a moment where like as they were as the Rutherfords were pulling up that Wally said you look out for them like you find out if that's them and while you're doing that I'll figure out what to do if it is them and I was like man I love it when they're just like a team they're such a good team and such a good team and they love each other so much Mm -hmm. they really do that's amazing um so then we go back down to the card game. Right. And the the boys have come down. Well, before that, uh, Fred is talking about how he found one of the caps of one of the hoodlums before, like, as That's they were running right. off. And he asked Ward, like, what would you do if you were me? And Ward is like, I'd call the police i'd bring it to the police like take them take these hoodlums off the street um that's right yeah and uh because he's just so over fred's melodrama yeah he's he's kind of just like being go to the cops being a dork um yeah yeah it's like kind of a funny move it's what's funny about it is that ward is kind of acting like a child like when i was a kid and my parents were having friends over for stuff at night when i'm supposed to be like going to sleep and like you know i'll go down in my pajamas take a night when i was doing that i didn't know what my parents were doing but i just assumed that it was something so adult specific that like i couldn't even imagine being interested in anything that they were saying no. But in this situation, Ward is like kind of acting like a child. You but know? like I want to just say to you though, how why does that surprise you? <laughs> it surprises me because historically we have seen his relationship with Fred as being that of very like he is kind of like the the sheepish I don't know. Right. You know, like he's No, I see what he's you mean. He's nervous by that. around Fred. He's trying to not look like a fool in front of him. Right. You know, like Fred always has kind of the upper hand. So to right. see no, him I be see what... so like relaxed and like kind of childlike, 
is kind of surprising. I see what you mean from that from that angle. Yeah. I don't know. So I uh, before the boys come down, I uh, I think that Fred suggests that they that he tells the boys about it because they might know some of the young hoodlums. Was, That's right. So there was like so much that happened all at once, and there was so much back and forth. It's hard to keep track of like, right? What exactly happened when? But um, but then the boys come down with their wonderful plan that Wally cooked up. Mm-hmm. Cowboy hats and bandanas. And bandanas, right? And they even like went for it and had little holsters with like toy guns in them. On their robes. Yeah, on their robes. Oh my god. Uh, cute. Cute. Yeah, so Fred is bragging about how great his son Clarence is. Um, I forget exactly what he was saying, but he was like, oh, you boys know my son Clarence, right? And he's like saying, oh, Clarence is so wonderful. and You guys should come over you should and come over and play, play with him. And it's like, oh, yeah, that like, eight-year-old is going to come over and play with the 15-year-old? I don't know. Makes no sense. Also, after... Well, I'm getting ahead of myself. Go back. No, no, no. We'll get there. Um, So... The boys go up to bed. The boys go back up to bed. Right. They are released. They, They say, can we go... Like, we said goodnight. Can we go up now? And I was like, man, that's rude. But whatever. But, yeah. So, uh, then Fred starts telling Ward about the accident. And as soon as he says barrel hoops, Ward and June know exactly what happened. They look at each other. And it's like, did you just say barrel hoops? Yep. It's like, oh, no, busted. And June is like, you know, I was going to get some coffee. But now's as good as time as any to get the coffee out. Again, what's with all the coffee? By the way, is June wearing the same thing? Just checking in on that. Oh, she is not. June, oh my goodness, is in look two. I knew I was <laughs> flaking on something. Look two is also um, a new look. Dark circle skirt, which maybe she has paired with something else before. But a white blouse with a light beaded cardigan, arm candy earrings, and pearls with an open heart pendant. This is the first time we've seen that cardigan, is cool. what I'm trying to say. Exciting. What color do you think it is? Mm. Probably like a, a lilac. Interesting. What color would you guess? Uh, I was kind of thinking more of like a like a peppermint green type of situation. Ooh, okay. Yeah. Uh, I like both of those. <laughs> I know. They would go very well together, too, both in color and in flavor. Yeah. <laughs> uh so yeah, Ward uh sorry, June is just like, Ward, come help me. Well yeah, Geraldine is like, I'll help you and yeah. she's like, No, no, Ward can do it. Yeah, and Geraldine probably is just thinking like, Oh, somebody please get me away from my a hole husband. <laughs> For serious. Yeah. Because then um Oh yeah. They they have a little scene together Geraldine and well yeah so Fred is just like you know I really like Ward and June and I was like really (laughs) not that like June isn't great whatever but like like I was saying historically speaking unless like maybe this was filmed 
earlier. Yeah, maybe. Intended to maybe be there for, like, I don't know. It just kind of felt weird that he was talking about how much he likes them. Fred is like, oh, man, like, starts ripping into Wally. Like, he's so small and, you know, not like our boy. I mean, it's just like, you know, classic Fred, and it's annoying. Yeah, he didn't mention Violet once. No, I know. Um, so then in the kitchen, oh, June is like, the, this is all your fault. Uh, oh, no, yeah, you're right. Sorry, we go back out to the other one. Sorry, yeah, go ahead. Kitchen argument. Yeah. June's like, this is all your fault. Obviously, our boys would not have done this had you not told this story. Right. And uh, now they're going to go to prison because of this, so you have to fix it. Yeah, just like and you told then, him to go to the cops, and he was just like, I was just messing with him. Right. It's like, oh my God. So then she says, like, how are you going to fix it? And he says, I'm going to go upstairs and talk to the boys. And June says, don't you dare hide up there and leave <laughs> yeah. me down here with those Rutherfords. <laughs> Further proof that Ward has no spine. Oh, absolutely not. Uh, uh. So then um, we go, we cut back to the Rutherfords, and Fred is just being an ass to Geraldine, and he's just like, how could you let me forget those color slides? Oh, wait. We also glossed over uh, a moment, too, between the Cleavers and the Rutherfords, where th- she's, like, scolding Fred a little bit about how, like, he's talking about South America trip so much. And then, you know, June sort of nods this approving, like, thank you, Geraldine. (laughs) And then she says like, because that's when we did this to our trip to Acapulco. And it's like, Uh ah, they are a team in their like travel. (laughs) Ah, but he does, he lays into her and it's just like, ugh, he's obsessed with sharing. Ward's obsessed with not wanting to hear about it. Right. So uh, we go up to the boys' room. Ward goes in and confronts the boys. Really surprised me. Yeah. Because I will say, Mm -hmm. I screen grabbed this, and the pennant behind them this time has a D on it. And I I said, D is for Dum Dum Daddy O. (laughs) Dum Dum Daddy O. So Yeah. yeah, Ward is Ward is just like. This is all my fault. You're not yeah. in trouble. I should not have told you about that. And like when you when I tell you stories about when I was young, don't listen. Yeah, and then they're so cute and they're like, "Wait, does that mean you're not going to tell us the stories?" And he goes, "No, no, I'm still going to tell you." Yeah, just don't listen. <laughs> just don't listen. Yeah. Cute. Uh so then we kind of travel through time a little bit mm-hmm. and uh it cuts to ward and june kind of seeing the rutherfords out right. and fred because they obviously had to like explain to them right yeah which we've ar- we already know so fred is is very understanding is not pissed off totally is just He's- what's that He's actually like a little embarrassed. Doesn't yeah. he say to Ward like, "This doesn't need to get out oh, yeah. of the office." Right. He says, "Doesn't have to." Uh, yeah. And then he says, "See you around the old salt mines." 
which I know is a figure of speech, but as we don't know what Fred and Ward do for work, I love the idea that they work in salt mines. <laughs> in their suits. In their suits. Well, I mean, maybe they're like account managers for a salt company. My God. <laughs> The Franklin uh, Salt Company. The Franklin Salt Company. Whoa. <laughs> that is a throwback to the unaired pilot. That's right. Yeah. Wow. I love it. So, um, Beaver, I guess, does Ward go back up to their room? I can't remember if they're down no, there. No, they're just like on the landing. Oh, right, right. And right, he right. looks up the stairs and he's like, Have you been listening? Yeah. Yeah, so then Beaver asks Ward about just, like, bullying, basically. Mm-hmm. And, um, and Ward says, you can beat them by never being like them. Oh, wait, there's a moment before this, too, that I thought was pretty awesome in terms of a message, because a little part of me feels like millennials get spoon-fed a little bit of stuff. Right. And they get told, like... You know, you just have to work hard and be persistent and mm-hmm. things will change. And what I really liked about this is the beef says like, uh, you know, how do we get even or whatever? And right. Ward's like, well, you can't. There's always going to be bigger guys who beat up on smaller right. guys. And, and I was like, ah, oh, I love this. Yes. And I know that we don't like to talk politics on this mm-hmm. on this show because there might be people listening to this who have different political opinions from us, and that's totally okay. And mm-hmm. I know that there are a lot of people who are fans of Leave it to Beaver who don't have the same political beliefs and views as we do, and that's okay too. Um, but when he was when they were talking about this, all I could think about was Donald Trump, and mm-hmm. who's the biggest bully of them all. And it's like, there's always going to be bullies. And of course, my mind goes to Donald Trump. And you can beat them by never being like them is kind of like where I feel we are at. You know, a little little bit because the the people who have been like him are being kind of taken down. And, uh, you know, it's a lot of it is kind of like, struck me as like okay i could see this conversation happening on a show right now kind of hinting towards that without being really about it right yes and it's just like what's so refreshing and i guess topical for me it is just or i guess Topical for me is a stupid way to put it, but but what what is ringing true mm-hmm. and what continues to ring true is that I think that growing up, I heard a lot of, you know, do your best and the, you know, you know, I, I don't know. I was like, you know, things aren't fair. And my mom would be like, life's not fair. Oh. And then I would be around other kids and they'd be like, but life is fair. <laughs> you know, ju- justice will happen. And I just felt so wronged uh-huh and now that i'm <laughs> june cleaver's age yeah i'm like wow life's not fair i wish i would have embraced that more right no i think i might have saved myself some pain it's really interesting that this conversation was happening in 1958 i mean especially 
during the same season as The Black Eye, where right. Ward had was like, oh, a kid is beating up at school. Here's how to fight. <laughs> right. But I think right. that Ward learned a lesson in that episode, you know. Yeah. Anyway, um, this... I know that we're already like an hour and 15 minutes into this episode, but while we're here, may as well talk about it. Louise, did you have any problems with bullies growing up? I think that I did. I mean, I was always a really small kid. Right. Um, I come from a family of small individuals as well. And it's I had nicknames in school like shrimp and... That doesn't feel great. I don't think it was debilitating in any way. It it certainly fostered my my anger <laughs> because it would infuriate me. Um, but I I know that there were times in elementary school when I would come home and be like, the popular girls were mean to me, uh-huh. or like I was a weirdo. So I'm not going to, you know, not. I, I was the kid that brought like hard boiled eggs and cold leftover brats to lunch. And had and a podcast about would, Leave it to Beaver. Right. In the future. Right. Right. And started a fraternity in college with a plate of lettuce. I mean, whatever. <laughs> like, whatever. Um, but I, I feel like I didn't. I don't think, feel like I needed to get even. Uh-huh. Yeah. Like, I, it's like I knew I was too small to make that happen, so all I just needed to vent a little bit about it and then be smarter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or, like, more talented or, like, I don't know. That's a stupid way to put it, but kind of. Right. Huh. Okay. Like, I knew I wasn't going to get picked first for kickball. Mm-hmm. But I absolutely was going to be good enough at it to not get picked, you know, in the second half of picking. <laughs> Got it. I don't know. Very Did you? Were you bullied? Or uh, were you the bullier? <gasps> what? I was not a... Well, there were times when I was a bully. Okay. I'm going to... Okay. Let's go over a few things. Okay. So when I was in elementary school... I mean, I too was a pretty shrimpy kid, but I don't think that that really had to do with anything. Um, I generally got along with everyone, but one day after school, I guess I was waiting for a ride home or something, and there weren't that many kids left around, maybe only like three or four. And this girl comes up, whom I was in my class, and I you know, never really thought twice about. And she just like grabbed me and started like tossing me around. No like punches, but like kind of spun me around and like threw me to the ground. And I was just like so surprised that this was happening in the first place. I just didn't know what was happening. And I even remember like there's this kid like Timmy who was nearby. And I was like, Timmy, help. (laughs) And like, He was just like, uh, no. (laughs) And, um, yeah, and I was just like, what even just happened? I don't think that I was hurt at all, but it was just, like, jarring. But I wouldn't necessarily call that bullying. That was an isolated incident. Uh, When I was in high school, like, early high school, 
there was another classmate who like in gym class like would like put me in like wrestling moves and was just like kind of being a jerk but like that's pretty much it I don't think he had anything against me I think it was just like a hey you're small I can do this and right you know but then you know I see him on Facebook now and I'm just like whoa wow okay you're in bad shape so (laughs) whatever you needed to do to feel better about yourself as a teenager that's the thing but the time when I was a bully I was junior high this actually has a funny uh story to it um there was a new kid in school and uh, I definitely like called him names he had some quirks that I pointed out and uh, I was just not nice at all to him and I always felt really bad about it cut to uh, seven years ago maybe six or seven years ago I I found him on Facebook and I sent him a message and I said like hey I want I need to apologize to you for the way I treated you not cool I'm so sorry and I you know I kind of saw like what he had been up to and I was like I see that you're doing this that's really cool and I'm really glad that you're doing x y and z you know and he wrote back and it was actually very weird because he said like you know, thank you for saying that. I can cross your name off of my kill list, you know, which was like, I could, I knew he was joking, but it's the kind of thing where it's like, oh man, that's a weird thing to say to somebody. But I did know that he was joking. And um, then he, like, he makes fan films. Like, you know how people make fan art? They like draw pictures of characters and stuff. He makes fan films of, like, Batman and things like that. And he, like, was just like, hey, watch my fan films and stuff. And I was just like, oh, boy, no. And he, like, I had to just kind of ignore his messages after a while. But I was was just like, I'm just going to be polite and say, cool, you know. Um, But, yeah, I, I felt terrible about that when I was a kid. But it was just like, you know new kid somebody i can you know be mean to and get laughs out of my friends and that was not the right thing to do i'm i'm glad that you've come around (laughs) i I don't know what how to respond to that there's no need to respond to that it's just a thing that happened uh thank you everybody for listening like we talked about earlier we do have another podcast called i have a great idea but i'll never do it Gee gollies. Oh, gee, you're right. <laughs> okay, so wait, I totally forgot until we were wrapping up. Um, I gave this a three out of five. I give it a four. Okay. Uh, why'd you give it a three? I think I was, I was thinking back on episodes and comparing them like not against themselves, but to other episodes. Uh-huh. And I was like, ooh. I didn't like this one as much as that one and that one got a four or like oh, I kind of think I liked it as much as this one and that one got a three um, but it, it wasn't stacked against itself so I think that is maybe unfair of me 
But I mean, that's I that's what I gave it. I typically enjoy episodes that have a lot of different locations. This essentially had two locations. The yeah. Cleaver household and the Rutherford driveway, essentially. Right. You know, because even when they first encounter Lumpy, that's basically where they are. Right. Um, and I enjoy a good guest star. And I liked meeting Lumpy and I liked Geraldine. Yeah. But I, for some reason... Well, mm. you know, I what I liked about this episode is, I mean, the message at the end that really bumped it up for me. I liked that Ward didn't put the blame on the kids. Yeah. You know, he took responsibility. Yeah. Uh, I'm glad he did that. When he offered to do something about the bully and they said, no, it's okay. He was respectful of that. But he also offered, like, there were some things about it that I really liked about that. Also, just like the way that the Beaver and Wally were a team I really liked. Yeah. I there love... were only two looks for June. So that was like a little bit. I mean, that's kind of disappointing. But the fact yeah. that like you didn't even realize it until we were really talking about how like. Right. It's all one day. Like you don't even realize that. Like some of these episodes could possibly take place over the course of months. The way that, you know, things go in these episodes. But like this one was clearly one day. And that's kind of cool. I like that. So yeah, yeah I no, think you're right. for me it it deserved the four out of five, but it didn't de- it didn't deserve the five because the way Ward acted towards June and the way Fred acted towards um, Geraldine, and just story like when you also then to like look back, it certainly wasn't water anyone. I mean, oh uh, yeah, yeah. I know, mean, it was a pretty simple thing. I mean, there's really just the one thing that happens. Um, yeah. Yeah. But like I mean there could there could be a very simple storyline, but if I don't cringe, I'm a happy guy. But <laughs> Ward and Fred made me cringe with their misogyny. Yeah. So you had to bump it down. Okay. Cool. Yeah. All right. So now yeah. Now I feel like we've said everything. We certainly have. I always forget the G gollies. Thank you for for coming in with that uh on the next episode of i have a great idea but i'll never do it we will have two voicemails that's right oh my we got goodness two, we got two voicemails yesterday whoa yeah from different people i am pumped i'm totally pumped uh so if you are curious about uh, what's happening with us, if you want to tell us anything, louisatobeaver at gmail.com. Um, you can also leave comments on the episode itself on louisatobeaver.com. Um, anything else? I feel good. Yeah. I feel, I mean, people are savvy. They can find us. People are savvy. Ooh, I feel like I need to... Uh, Look up the title of the next episode. That seems like a fun thing to do. Oh, um, okay. Oh, I just lost it. Where did it go? Uh, the next episode is called The Paper Route. Uh, <gasps> I like ooh, that title. Yeah. Uh, Lump- the episode Lumpy Rutherford got a 7.8 out of 10 rating on IMDb. 
The paper route got a 7.6. We'll see if we agree with what they're okay. saying. Okay. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, if that's if that's all if that's all we got, and that's all we got. This has been an hour and a half episode. <laughs> it's been a while. Well, also, just like once we get going, we just get going, and we're talking it's about true. things that are relevant, like yeah. Twin Peaks. <laughs> oh my god, I love it. Okay. Um, all right. Well, it's if that's so it, swell. then it's always been it's always swell with you, Louise. And on that note. <laughs> The next episode has no Hugh Beaumont intro, just a teaser for the rest of the episode. So tune into the next episode of Louisa to Beaver, where we discuss the paper route.